With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, Sideliners. Welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, Vicki Duval. I hope you're doing well and staying safe. Today, I figured it would be fun for us to catch up with one of my best friends on tour. It's pretty funny to me that I don't have a nickname for her, which is something I usually establish pretty early on in my friendships. But to be fair, I did suggest a few, but Sis is just a tough critic. Uh, there is no way I was going to accept Franny Poo. No chance. <laughs> my guest today is my sassy Italian sister from another mister, Francesca Di Lorenzo. Sideliners, at the end of this episode, once you've gotten a chance to love her as much as I do, I want you to tweet at me and give me some nickname suggestions. You can find me at Vicky underscore Duval 95. Francesca produced one of the most decorated collegiate careers in Ohio State tennis history. Her record was 74 to 7 during her first two seasons, and she ranked first in the program's history in singles winning percentage. Francesco transitioned to the WTA Tour in 2018 and reached her career-high singles ranking of 118 in February of 2020. Some of her most notable wins include Petra Martic, Kirsten Flipkins, and uh, me. <laughs> she is a baller on and off the court and one of my favorite people in the world. Francesca, how are you? I'm good. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me today. Of course. Let's talk a little bit. <laughs> of course. And I know probably your schedule is a little bit different now, obviously, with the times that we're dealing with. So what, what's, what's been new? Take me through your day. What are you up to? Um, well, I get to sleep in a little bit longer, which is nice. Um, <laughs> but uh, I usually just try to get, like, some type of home workout in or maybe get outside for a run. Um, something just to get moving and staying active, whether it's jump rope. Um, I have a couple weights, so I'll do that. Um, yeah, something along the lines of that. And then, you know, the rest of the day is pretty open. Uh, I've been baking a lot, so that's been fun, experimenting <laughs> with that. Um, yeah, and doing some other things like yoga, just trying to fill the day. I've been cleaning a lot, so my apartment is pretty spotless, I have to say. Oh, oh my goodness. goodness, that's pretty impressive for a millennial to have a spotless apartment. <laughs> and so, <laughs> it's rare. I mean, I, I see your apartment sometimes, and it, it's pretty immaculate when I'm there. So I think you clean up when you know people are gonna come too. <laughs> um, so take me through, take me through some of the baking you're doing. What's one of your favorite things you've made? So anybody that knows me knows how much I love cookie dough, as you know. But um, so I've been making like a lot of cookies, but I've been trying to go during this time, like trying to go the healthier route and trying like new recipes with cookies, like a healthy banana bread, as that's like been like super popular and like pumpkin bread, but it's all turned out like absolute crap. So uh, 
I'm just experimenting a little bit with that. I just find that like nothing tastes good. Nothing tastes as good when it's healthy. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I've been I've been trying to make a few different things. Um, cookies have definitely been my weakness, but yeah, just a lot of different baking. Yeah, I've been going through. So you did text me a picture of probably the healthiest pizza I've ever seen. Sideliners, Francesca had a pizza that the crust was made out of chia seed. Tell, please, t please tell us <laughs> what this pizza was. Listen, listen, it was, again, like I said, I was trying to eat like a little bit healthier, so I've been trying different foods. Um, it was a chia seed carrot corn crust. Um, you know, people will hate, but it was actually really good. I found it at Whole Foods. Um, it was a good alternative. I wouldn't say it satisfied the, the taste of a pizza, but um, it was one of, like, the better, you know, options. And I actually enjoyed it. Would I get it again? I don't know. Uh, if I want a pizza, I think next time I'm just going to go with a pizza. <laughs> interesting story about you not eating pizza anymore after one of your matches why don't you tell us a little bit about that because it actually is a pretty funny story it actually is so um it was my first year uh i just finished um ncaa's uh, after my freshman year and as everyone knows freshman year is tough uh just like adjusting and and I definitely got my freshman 15 that first year. So um, at the end of the year, actually, so I played NCAAs. I lost, I think it was like third round of 16 or something like that. And um, I didn't feel like the girl was that much better than me, but she was much more uh, tennis-wise, but like in shape, much more in shape than me. And I felt that I lost that match because she outran me and could stay on the court longer than me. And for for my game personally, I'm someone that has to run down a lot of balls. I'm not some massive girl that's just going to bomb aces all the time. So, um, and that was my, like, a big strength in my game. So, for me not to have that um, was a huge issue. So, anyways, I ate a lot of pizza freshman year, long story short. And um, so, I was like, you know what? I took it once from one drastic measure to another. And I didn't have pizza for, like, a whole year after that. I was like, enough of this. And, yeah, I didn't have pizza. And... Uh, I definitely got back in shape. I mean, it wasn't just the pizza. Don't get me wrong. But um, and now I do have pizza. But yeah, that was uh, that was it. And I just went from it, one dramatic decision to another. It's so it's funny, so funny how your minds work. I mean, I'm sure it's not just for tennis players. People in general, like if something happens, you and you automatically associate it to that event. You're like, this is the common denominator. This is the problem, and you just remove it at all costs. It's just so funny how the brain works like that. It's, it's crazy. I was like, it, the pizza was one maybe minor, minor thing, but like, every, there's so many other things to take into account. Less, uh, but you know, of course, I just contributed pizza to the issue. So pizza was out of the picture for the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> so apart from you being pretty healthy, I think one thing that you did purchase recently was an air fryer. And I think for a lot of people, I don't have an air fryer, and for those of us who don't have an air fryer, we probably don't understand how fantastic it is, but I am aware of a lot of things that you can do with it. So what kind of inspired you to get the air fryer, and what have you been cooking with it so far? 
Yeah, so, um, yeah, like you said, I, I try to eat pretty healthy, and um, I've just been, like, putting stuff in the oven. I mean, I put it every night, and every single time it takes, like, an hour, hour and a half by the, by the time, like, the vegetables, because I eat a lot of vegetables, as you know. Um, and by the time it comes out, it's, like, an hour and a half later, so I wanted something quicker and just, like, a little bit easier. And I've been thinking about an air fryer all the time because one of my friends – um, had it, and I used it when I stayed with her for a couple weeks, and it was fantastic. Uh, and it would cook the food so much quicker, but still come out just as crispy, which I really like because it cooks the vegetables really well. So um, I ended up getting this air fryer, like, literally just, like, a week ago, and it's been unbelievable. I mean, the vegetables, not only vegetables, but, like, fish, chicken, it cooks things within 15 minutes. It comes out crispy, tastes just as good. And it's just been, I mean, it was $80, but I'm telling you, so worth it. Highly recommend it to anybody looking into getting an air fryer because obviously it's not, the food's not fried. It's still, I mean, it's literally done by just air and it's just as healthy. You heard it here first, folks. This episode is sponsored by KitchenAid. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is just kind of a pattern of what obviously the times are tough right now and and you're not the first person I've heard purchasing an air fryer or something another kitchen gadget or something like that so obviously tough time for us to I feel like I've had to restrain at times to get things that I just want to buy online because I mean what else are you gonna do you know and so um just to pivot on that thought a little bit obviously the tour now is being pushed back until July and it's going to be hard. I mean, obviously, everybody's going to be in the same boat of having to take time off and come back. What do you think it's going to be like to come back after such a long break? I mean, this is essentially our second preseason, but not really because we can't even train the right way. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I'm, I'm hoping it's back in July. Um, since I don't know because, as we all just heard, Rogers Cup was canceled or postponed for next year. So... And I know that was, like, the end of July, early August, maybe. Um, so, yeah, if, if it's in July, then I would be super excited. But um, who knows at this point? If, I think everyone's just kind of, like, playing it by by the week, by the month, and just seeing how it goes. But um, it's just kind of scary in uncertain times. And in terms of training as well, you don't really want to train too much because you're not really sure if it's going to start back in July because I think originally they postponed it by a month or something and it was starting in May then they went to June now it's July so it keeps getting pushed back and pushed back and so I think you as like a tennis player or an athlete in general you just want to kind of pace yourself and not go all out hard right now when you really don't have a reason to and of course you want to just keep staying healthy and just trying to stay active as much as possible but it's a little bit tough in terms of, like, trying to make a plan because nobody really knows. It's not like the WTA or ATP is, is hiding the information. They don't know. No other sports organizations know. So it's really tough to, uh, I think, for us, for us athletes right now to, like, find a, find a way or schedule um, to when to come back and when to start really amping up training. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's definitely so uncertain as far as, like you said, building the right way, who knows what the right way is right now, you know, and we have 
no guidelines really as far as when to get into really tennis-specific things because we don't know when we're going to be back. But I thought it was a really interesting decision for Roland Garros to schedule the, their event right after the U.S. Open. And I know for a lot of players who love being on the grass, Wimbledon was a tough decision to swallow from them being canceled. But obviously, you know, we understand that in England, the time frame for you know, good weather as well is kind of short. So I, I understood that decision, but I think it's going to be really interesting to play potentially Rolling Garros right after the U.S. Open. Do you think it's easier to transition from clay to hard or from hard to clay? I mean, there's obviously another factor of having to be in the States and travel immediately overseas, and it's a different surface a lot of travel time so how do you think that would work if that happened I, I feel like that's so challenging for a player oh I think it's going to be incredibly challenging personally for me I think it's easier transition from clay to hard um I mean going from U.S. Open hardcore to red clay um in Paris France it's, it's going to be a tough transition just the sliding, the whole movement, the game styles. There's just so many things to take into account in a time change. Um, I'm not complaining because at this point to have Orlando Rose in general, it's just great. So I'm, I'm grateful that we're able to have any slam at all. Um, and hopefully that's the case and it stays. Um, I just think, yeah, it'll definitely be challenging. I think the results will be really interesting as well. It's just going to be such a quick um, transition and for people to adapt to that, you know, you usually get weeks ahead of time, three, four weeks of prep on the clay as opposed to two weeks and then let alone playing like the biggest a Grand Slam, one of the four biggest tournaments of the year. Um, usually you have like warm-up tournaments to play and so to not have those either, I think it's just going to be a really interesting um, few weeks and few months in general because um, people won't get that extra practice that they usually get but again, super grateful that we're even able to have it. And so, yeah, I think it's just going to be uh, an interesting time for sure. Yeah, and I think a lot of things that people don't really understand as far as traveling as well, there's so many factors that are taken into consideration when we're going from tournament to tournament, even when it's traveling within the states. You know, if you go from Florida to California, you're looking at a three-hour time difference and you have to adjust to different conditions. It's drier, it might be super windy, elevation. And so I think to have a turnaround that quickly, obviously overseas, even more of a challenge as far as time zone. And there's just so many different conditions over there. It's gonna be, it's gonna be really interesting. One of my favorite memories with Francesca is from one time she was on the phone with American Airlines because they lost her luggage, which is probably one of the most frustrating things that we could go through. And uh, I still have the video from when that happened and she was trying to spell out the record locator so they could find her account. And I want Danny to play this video because I hope it makes you laugh as much as it killed me. Danny, hit it. B as in Penelope, <laughs> B as in baby. <laughs> A as in Adam, E as in elephant, Q as in <laughs> That was seriously one of my favorite moments with you. I don't even, I don't think I actually laughed that hard in a long time. <laughs> oh, gosh. That was brutal. Also, I don't know how they expect you to have... 
Okay, it's an automated voice on the other side. How do they expect you to say it properly, number one, in a way that they understand, and number two, how are you supposed to know A is in alpha, B is in bravo, after B is in bravo, I'm out. <laughs> you're, you're out, you're out. Like, I don't even, I don't even remember how I knew. I think I maybe just came from the airport at the time, but gosh, it was uh, the, the, it's just so frustrating, as everyone knows, especially when you're losing luggage and, and they can't understand you, different accents. So you just literally have to, I mean, I know it sounds dumb, but like spell it out and then just start pronunciating like P as in uh, people, like whatever <laughs> whatever word you can come up with. I mean, E as an elephant, what, anything that you can think of, like just so they know and try not to mess it up. And the automated voice is like, uh, yeah, we don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, never gets the right anyways. Apart from that story that I have with you, do you have one travel story, a horror travel story that sticks out? Ooh, um, actually, yeah, I do. Um, this was in uh, juniors. It was I was actually on my way to uh, London and for uh, Wimbledon juniors, and um, I had a really difficult time getting there with my with I was traveling with United. Not a fan, by the way. Sorry, United, not a fan. Um, but they wouldn't let me bring my tennis bag on the plane. And as a lot of tennis players know, this is, like, such an issue. They're like, oh, it's not going to fit. And you're like, you know, I've traveled, like, thousands of times. It'll fit in the overhead space. So United, luckily, like, I literally fought my way through. They, they let me go. So I'm walking on the plane with my bag. And then the lady at the gate, she goes, no, you can't bring this on the plane. And I go, but I got through all the way here. I mean, what do you mean? I'm on an international flight. Like, these are big planes. It's going to fit. And um, they said, no, no. And, I mean, we were fighting back and forth. I mean, at this point, I'm almost in tears because it's my tennis bag with everything in it. So then I end up taking, like, two rackets out, and luckily. And so then they um, put my tennis bag in the bottom of the plane. I come out on the other side. Uh, I mean, once we land in London and my tennis bag isn't there and my shoes, my string, the rest of my rackets were all in my tennis bag. So, um, and at this point I didn't have grass court shoes either. And I had just uh, bought them before I left. So they were in there and my bag never came. So it was the day before I was supposed to play um, Wimbledon juniors, whatever. And I didn't have grass court shoes. And they said, you cannot go on the court until you have grass court shoes. I tried buying them there. Every store was sold out. Luckily, a friend that was sponsored by Nike, um, gave me some Nike, she had an extra pair of Nike grass court shoes or else I would not have been able to play. Never found my bag either. I, I filed a claim, never got my money. Like it was just an absolute disaster. So United, I'm still hurt. I am still um, not over that that time. I expect some compensation. It may have been five years later, but I still remember. I do not forget. <laughs> United, we have questions. United has just been questionable, period. I feel like I, it, it's fair enough to say that because we've seen the stories. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, it was rough. Oh, hate that for you. So uh, I want to wrap up this episode with one question for any eligible bachelors out there: Is Francesca Di Lorenzo taken or single and ready to flamingo? Uh, oh 
gosh, what a question to finish on, Vicky. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so nice of you. Um, I am not taken. I I don't know if uh, the rest of that ready to flamingo is is really where I'm at right now. Um, but no, I'm not I'm not taken to answer that question. <laughs> You heard it here first. Just in case this podcast turns into Bachelorette, she is single, folks. <laughs> With that being said, thank you guys so much, Sideliners, for joining me in today's episode. I am so appreciative. I hope you guys are doing as much as you can to stay healthy, stay safe, stay indoors. And uh, I thank you, Francesca, for your time. This was an absolute treat. Yeah, thanks for having me super excited to come on and um you're doing awesome so it's uh, always fun to get on here oh thanks for the ego boost thanks again sideliners and i hope you guys have a fantastic day and catch you next wednesday where i don't know yet what i'm going to talk about but talk to you then <laughs>「Cuoco for Priceline」Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline.